0: Hey, everyone. Uh, Welcome to uh, another installment of our isolation series here at the CCR. It's uh, James Lee here with you today. And I've got a really cool guest from across the pond, none other than Mr. Soot and Whitewash himself, Mr. Neil Piper. And we're going to talk about a a few different things, uh, a little bit about Neil, and we're going to talk about a cool project that he started called Project Box Camera, so we're going to be kind of thinking out of the box today, and uh, hopefully uh, have a little bit of fun while we're at it. So uh, let's get started. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the Greater Toronto-Hamilton
1: region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode
0: everyone so uh, let's get started. Uh, I have with me today um, from the Soot and Whitewash uh, photography podcast uh, Mr. Neil Piper. Neil how are you?
1: Hey James I'm doing really well how are
0: you? Uh, Excellent thanks Uh, hopefully you're uh, keeping uh, safe and healthy in uh, our COVID lockdown situation across the globe.
1: Yeah, so far so good. Um well as I mentioned to you just before we started recording, I did I do feel like I'm starting to come down with a cold now. So you start getting a bit of a runny nose and regardless of what your symptoms are, you immediately think that you've got COVID. So, <laughs> I'm I'm sure I'm fine. I'm sure I'm just well, a little bit run down.
0: Well, at least we're social distancing right now because I think you're about an eight and a half hour flight that's never gonna be available <laughs> for a few months. So uh, so I, I feel safe talking to you.
1: I reckon we'll be fine, pal.
0: <laughs> I'm sure we will. So, uh, Neil, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself for the audience and for those, uh, you know, most of people probably know who you are that uh, frequent uh, the negative positives uh, uh, podcast page. And uh, but uh, take a few minutes and tell us about yourself if you don't mind.
1: Cool. Yeah. So um, I'm based in the in the UK, obviously, and I think you said um, about three three hours or so from London for everyone that's not in the UK to kind of get the geography we're about as east in the uk as you can get um i'm an amateur photographer Uh, i don't do this don't do it professionally and i like to shoot many a film camera um i i suppose i got into photography uh, when was that probably about 2000 2010 was actually probably the first time i actually got into photography um my now wife and i went around europe for a few months and i um i bought a sort of a, a, a higher end point and shoot type digital camera i forget what it was on top of canon and um, just to sort of capture the capture the few months and i really enjoyed sort of taking pictures and this camera had like a sort of a rudimentary manual mode on it and um, so i could sort of experiment with um more sort of creative photography you know like longer shutter speeds and things like that and after the trip I got back and I sort of I found I was really enjoying this this new thing photography mm-hmm. um never never had any sort of interest in it up until that point like didn't have like a lot of people <clears throat> say that like, oh, i got it for my dad got it from my mom I never had that my parents went into that I have some vague memory of my my dad having some sort of canon SLR I couldn't tell you what it was mm-hmm. it was silver but they most mostly are <laughs> <laughs> and I, and so, I have, a, a
0: silver I have, cannon
1: the silver cannon yeah. i have me- memories of lots of kodak gold being fed into it as well uh, yeah. but whatever happened to those pictures no idea um so yeah i picked up the photography bug in general from there and sort of after after like a couple of years of just working sort of rather monotonous jobs um my wife just dis- um decided suggested um Maybe I go back to university and and study it because yeah. she was uh, she was going back to uni at the same time to become a mature student to study um, fashion and fashion design. So I was like, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. We can we can afford it. Yeah, we'll do that. So I done a um, a bachelor of arts or a BA, which um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have that over um, on your side of the pond, but it's basically like <clears throat> we have like high school and then you go to college and then you go to university and what you and you study your BA at university and so right. I've done that and that was that was great I've done really well on that and decided that I wanted to take it a little bit further I wasn't ready to sort of finish my studies yet so I mm. then took a, a master's degree which took a couple more years on top of that so I finished that last year yeah last oh. year oh,
0: congratulations uh, yeah I know you I I know uh, when we first started chatting that you were mm. you were working on it so that's uh, that's really cool so yeah. that's all wrapped up now
1: yeah, that's all wrapped up. Um, haven't technically graduated yet. I was supposed to graduate um, uh, this month, actually, but because oh. of the whole COVID-19 lockdown thing, they had to stop. They stopped it, so I'm not sure when the actual graduation ceremony is going to be.
0: So but, now you can hang your certificate on the wall and just uh, watch the money roll in with all your cameras?
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I mean, yeah so at, at some point during so that was when i was still doing my my ba yeah um i got like a couple of years into that and i realized that i was or my tutor one of my tutors actually remarked that i was shooting film but i wasn't shooting film for my studies if that makes sense mm-hmm. So right. on my own time i was playing around with film cameras mm-hmm. and he was like why why aren't you doing this um like for your for your studies i was like well I don't know. Should I? Should I be? And he's like, well, Why not? yeah, if, that, if that's what you're really into, then, yeah, that's what you should be doing. And I did. So I finished like my final year. So my final degree show for that year was shot on film. Um, cool. I done I was working on a project, uh, which I think is still on my website um, called Of All Origins and Ages, which was um, about uh, it was like a social documentary. Type body of work about cars and car culture and the people that are sort of into restoring cars and things like that, oh, wow. um, which at the time I was really into. And then, and then yeah, I went into my master's degree, and I think at that point I'd kind of discovered pinhole, and that mm-hmm. was an entire different rabbit hole that I ended up going down.
0: Yeah.
1: So by the time, by the time when I started my my studies, I was doing sort of what he was like the cliched long exposure landscape photography and by the time i finished i was doing black and white pinhole work that i was printing as cyanotypes and van dykes so i kind of went on a bit of a tangent there but it's all done that and yeah passed it with good grades so we're good
0: good for you yeah that's really cool it sounds like you know um without getting too cerebral about it but like as an artist it seems like the medium kind of found you And sounds like one of your professors just kind of gave you the nudge and said, "Hey, listen, you're already into this thing. Why, uh, why not kind of kind of make this your, you know, the, you know, the base of your work, I suppose." Uh, Yeah,
1: it was it was was exactly that. He was like he, because he was um, quite heavily into pinhole, and I knew I knew what pinhole photography was because I'd seen like his work before, and I'd had like a little go at it, um, like sort of asking him questions like, "How do you do it?" And he's like, "Oh, just." It's, it's just as simple as a tiny hole in a in a box I'm like, I <laughs> that. and I, it just really got drawn into it and it's yeah, yeah it's entirely thanks to him i actually um had an interview with him on on my podcast on certain whitewash um quite some time ago now yeah. so if you go back I, through the back yeah I'll,
0: I'll have to uh yeah i'll have to go back into the uh
1: I can't, I can't, and take yeah it i can't remember what episode it was but it was quite some time ago um his name is james russell kant um but he he spoke to me at length about his about a project that he's working on um the uh, yeah a pinhole project he's basically doing like um solar graphs although he doesn't call them solar graphs he calls them something else but a lot of very very long exposures um based around the area where he grew up so which sure. yeah is kind of similar to what I was then doing as well so
0: yeah that's uh that's really cool Neil um uh I'll definitely have to uh look that up and uh give that uh, episode uh, a listen that's uh that's really cool it sounds like you've uh, developed a bit of uh uh a kinship or a relationship with with your professor there so
2: uh
0: yeah, yeah uh, I did yeah, yeah that, that's amazing so I mean I've studied photography um for a long time um I've never I've taken some photography courses in school and stuff but I've never you know formally uh, been trained as an as an artist or in the arts, um, your experience with doing that, like, um, did it change any of the way that you had, you know, any preconceived notions or any of the ways that you looked at, you know, how to take photo, your own photographs or how you approach your creativity or anything like that?
1: Um, it's hard to say really, cause I didn't, when I, when I, it took me a good long time, um, studying my, my BA. Before I realized that to be, to make, for me at least, this might not ring true for everybody, but for me, to make good photographs or what I deem to be good photographs, I needed to photograph things that I wanted to photograph, which mm. might make, which makes perfect sense when you think about it. Well, sure. Uh, yeah. But <clears throat> for for quite some time, like the first couple of years of study, it was like, this is your assignment, go and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was I think once there was one assignment that was about um, like car photography, like automotive photography, and that I really, I really enjoyed that and I'd done yeah. really well on that. But everything else was just an assortment of stuff. And it was like, I, I'm not interested in this. And and that reflected in the work. Mm-hmm. So
0: photograph what, yeah.
1: photograph what you like to photograph and you'll probably make good photographs.
0: Well, I, yeah, I think yeah. I think that's, you know, that's very true. And I think that's probably the probably the distinction between I guess sort of the hobbyist sort of amateur photographer versus the professional, right? So like the professional is going to take an approach like I'm, I'm or an artist that's taking on a commission, let's say, but, uh, um, I guess photography is sort of a little bit different if you compare, say, um, I'm going to, you know, for lack of a better term, say, call a traditional artist, but you know, if you want a portrait painted, you're going to go see a portrait painter and have them commission a portrait, but photography is kind of different, right? Because, it covers every single subject matter in the world. And, yeah. uh, you know, there are going to be, you know, uh, subjects that really speak to you and align with the way you view the world and the way you think that are going to come as second nature. But then uh, the other stuff really kind of forces you to come out of your uh, comfort zone a little bit. You know, I I can speak like from my own experience. I've been shooting portraits for a very, very long time. And when I stopped shooting professionally, when I made the switch over to kind of just doing my own personal stuff, I had a um, I found it very challenging because I I always looked for emotion in my photography. And that's easy to do with people, but it's very difficult um, or at least very different anyway, when you're doing landscapes or architectural work or you know, any other type of inanimate object like still lifes or cars or, you know, stuff like that. So I hear you. That's uh, that's mm. uh, it, it It can be a tough slog, you know, like when you're when you're trying to do that. And then, of course, you're getting graded on it, too. Right. So uh, <laughs> that's sure. even more yeah. pressure. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like, you know, going to a client and showing them, you know, their photographs and just looking at their face and hoping to God that you don't see a disappointed look. But
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, F- <laughs> Not that's ever uh, happened yeah. to me. No, unfortunately, <laughs> the very little sort of professional commercial stuff I've done, everyone's always been happy with. And it's been it's been sort of uh, what's the word, but like more sort of simple stuff. I need I need a picture of the interior of this building. OK, I can do right. that. That's fine. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah well, I would. I wouldn't want to take on a commission of like a portrait or something because I'm not a peop- I'm not a people person. Oh, really? I, I, I can't. I can't shoot people. I just uh, I, I just it. I can't make a a nice portrait of people I've tried and I would like, I'd love to be able to um, shy of just pictures of like the family, the kids and what have you, which to me, obviously they're my family. So they're, they're all great pictures, but I I can't take a, a decent picture of somebody else. (laughs) <laughs> it just well, doesn't work
0: me. Yeah, no, and, and I, I hear you because, uh, you know, as someone that shoots portraits for me, I mean, one of the things that I learned uh, very early on in my portrait shooting career is, you know, once you have an understanding of the technical stuff, the camera and all the settings, like that doesn't matter. Like the secret to portrait photography is, in my opinion anyway, is the ability to have a conversation with somebody and make them feel comfortable. And it's mm-hmm. more about the conversation and what that conversation kind of evokes in the subject and then you're just pressing the button at the right time so it's more of a you know it's more of uh you're kind of constructing an image but doing it with words um as opposed to you know lighting and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing you know no i
1: think you're absolutely right and maybe, maybe i haven't met the right person to take a portrait of maybe that's what it is maybe if i was to photograph somebody that had a story that i really wanted to hear maybe that would be different
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's, you know, you're you're very comfortable, obviously, around your family. And it's you know, if you can't converse with your family, then, you know, sure. you're probably you're probably a serial killer. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but it's, it's very true. And, and I, I think it's, um, uh, you know, you, you you are probably very good at taking portraits, but only with subjects that you're comfortable being around.
1: Quite possibly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah excellent. So we'll, uh,
1: we'll, stick, we'll stick with that because it makes me yeah,
0: sound better. There you go. So are you kind of like more of a show up and shoot kind of guy when it comes to your projects or do you kind of visualize and kind of think about what you're doing, wait for certain conditions? I I guess a lot of your shooting, you do, you you do outdoors, right? So uh, how do you kind of deal with the environment and the elements and that sort of thing?
1: Um, It depends. Hmm. I'd say I'm both. I've always just, well, let's roll back a little bit. I've always kind of described myself as I don't like putting myself as like a, a landscape photographer or an architectural photographer or or what have you because I pass all of those. I, I've always called myself like an opportunist photographer. Is that the right word? Opportunist. I don't, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, as in, if something catches my eye, then I'll take a photograph of it. Um, so if um, so, if I've got a pla- if I'm shooting a project, so like the the project that I done for my master's degree was based on an old um, 19th century railway line that used to run sort of just near where I, where I currently live. Mm-hmm. So, and that was a subject that was really interesting. Like this railway line was laid down, I think in like 1879 and ripped yep. up again 50 years later in like 1929. And I found like, the the story of this little railway line like really interesting and because i found it so interesting like i really wanted to photograph it and wanted to make it like a whole project so there i done like a lot of research into that so mm-hmm. i researched like where it went like i could walk you now the entire route the exact route if 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 it was still possible i know exactly where it went so i researched a lot into it where it went why it went where it went and <clears throat> excuse me like where it crossed particularly the rivers i could tell you everything about it um so in that if it's what am I trying to say so if it's like a project that I want to shoot then I will research it to death mm-hmm. but equally on the flip side of that sometimes I just want to go out and I want to make some photographs
0: yeah so, and have fun and enjoy yeah the, exactly.
1: yeah yeah um so I'll just I'll go out and planning is just like is it raining no <laughs> is there a bit of cloud yeah a little bit that'll work yeah should I take a pinhole or should I take a lens that's yeah. it's just it's just being out and making some photographs and exposing some film us
0: yeah, yeah i yeah i hear you and I, I think a lot of us are probably uh, you know quite similar in that way i think what for me when it comes to projects and i was having this chat uh, as i i recently signed up for dan novak's uh, twin lens project and and the, mm-hmm. and of course i'm doing your uh, your project uh, box camera which we're going to talk about in a few minutes but uh, i was you know just you know dan was like you know who's been shooting what and i'm like you know, sitting there thinking to myself, like, I'm just getting really too picky about uh, about getting out there and shooting, like, waiting for the perfect conditions and lighting and that sort of thing. And mm. I guess, you know what, like, I, I spent so many years as a, as a professional wedding and portrait photographer that, um, you know, when, when you get that mindset of uh, selling something to, uh, you know, a client or the general public or what have you... Um, it just it turns into work and you just wait and wait for these conditions or you're you know you're mm-hmm. putting all this effort into this stuff and it, it's easy to forget that uh you know what at the end of the day you know for for most people in the film photography world this is a hobby and you and you got to enjoy yourself and, and and if you're an artist like it doesn't have to be perfect it just you know it has to be you know you just want to achieve what you're what you're trying to create at the end of the day and and and, and you know it's just the technical stuff is is somewhat less important, I think. But
1: yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. So, have do you have you sold any of your work? Are you planning to, or what what do you think um, about that?
1: To be honest, um, I have sold I have sold some work before. I had um, as to co- coincided with the with my master's degree. I had a, an exhibition that wasn't technically part of it, but it just happened at the same time so when was that it must have been about 18 months ago i exhibited um quite a few of my pinhole images um and i sold i sold a few of those but i have i didn't go out of my way to sell them other than to put them in an exhibition that i was asked to put on yeah. Um i find the the idea of trying to sell my work like i think a lot of people do like very uncomfortable like pricing it like
2: all, that all it, to
1: go with yeah. it is, I, I don't find it a very comfortable or enjoyable thing to do. So therefore yeah. I'll avoid it.
0: It is <laughs> uncomfortable. Certainly, uh, you know, and that's a struggle for, for a lot of professional photographers out there because, you know, ultimately price is an expression of self worth when you're an artist. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, no one wants to be perceived as kind of over the top, you know, conceited kind of I'm the best in the world. But at the end of the day, you're really selling yourself as an artist. It's, it's it's such a tough challenge, especially if you have a fairly song, strong sense of, uh, of humility, right? Like you just don't want to come across as a prick.
2: Exactly. Um,
0: yeah.
1: You know? but equally you don't, you don't want to, because uh, we had like tons and tons of classes on this as part of like the, the photography education. And it was like, yeah, you don't want to price yourself out of the market, but equally you don't want to be that guy that's selling stuff for, for next to nothing because yeah. you you, you downplaying the art and whatever exactly Look, just, and, I, and, I don't know where I fall into that yeah. so at,
0: at the end of the day avoid it. you know at the end of the day what I've learned in my experience through selling my work is that uh you know uh, for every three people that you know are going to tell you your work is great and worth it you're going to find 10 people that tell you you're an asshole and your work is shit and worthless <laughs> so yeah you know it, it doesn't matter right like you know whoever's going to buy your work you're not going to change their mind. Their mind is already made up. If, if, if that's the way they, they see things and they like the way you produce your, your photography, they're going to buy it. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I, I think you know, my advice is to anyone listening is, you know, be reasonable, you know, talk about, you know, think about the costs associated with what you've had to learn. Hey, look, you've put yourself through, through uh, you know, an undergrad degree and now a post-grad degree you know that's a huge investment to to produce yeah. the work you want to produce and you got to get some return on that right like this you know it doesn't uh, you know if anyone could uh, go out there and snap photography and uh, and put something up on their wall then there would be no market for professional photographers and artists but there is a market for that so
2: sure, yeah.
0: you, you you can do something that someone else can't and i think it's really important for photographers and artists in general um to never forget that that it's uh you know uh, anyone can well not anyone but most people can drive a car not everyone sure. yeah, can, yeah. can create art or create photography you know so
1: yeah that's a really fair point
0: yeah so well, right. i think uh, get out there and sell more man come on you can do it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um you mentioned I'll, I'll send
1: something over to you you can send me a check
0: uh, it won't be a very, it won't be a very big check, and it's in Canadian do- it'll be in Canadian dollars, so you can probably <laughs> buy yourself a stick of gum or an ice cream cone or something. But uh, yeah,
1: that's fine. I'll take that.
0: Yeah, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, you send me some prints, I'll send you some Canadian maple syrup, like we talked about earlier. So there you go. <laughs> it's a deal. Man. It's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, You mentioned uh, pinhole, so uh, I, I think uh, you know, for me, like if it comes to like. How I would classify pinhole, and I'm curious, to, you know, what your thought on this is, is uh, I find pinhole to be essentially the purest form of photography that there is. I mean, it was the first type of photography. There's no lens. You know, it's light passing through a tiny little hole and being projected onto, you know, a photographic paper or, or film or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what, what is it about pinhole that, uh, um, you know, really kind of uh, attracted you to the whole thing? I think
1: it it's exactly that um, it's the fact that it's you can make uh, an image with literally just a, a hole with a small a, a box with a small hole in it the The idea of uh, technology in inverted commas like photography technology being that simple just really really drew my attention straight away. Um, and so once when I started looking at it a little bit further. And it's like, oh, hang on, because the hole is so small, you need much more light to make this picture. Therefore, you need much more time to make this picture. The idea that I could capture not just like a fraction of a second, I could capture seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, hmm. years, even in a single photograph. The idea, the idea that, that said that said photograph could then contain, say, 18 months of time Mm-hmm. Was just something that I couldn't at the first, uh, first of all, I couldn't get my head around it.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's really, I, I've never thought of it that way. That's pretty, that's pretty incredible, man.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's that that exact, yeah, it's exactly that. The fact that you can condense all of that down into mm-hmm. one photograph. And yeah. You can, and you can see, because if you, if you make like an image that's that, that's that long, like, um, we've all seen like a photograph picture. Mm -hmm. Um, so like the extreme time exposure and if Mm -hmm. you if you forget about the the you've normally got the tracking of the sun in the picture if you forget about that you've just got a static image of the landscape or of a building or what have you Mm -hmm. because it doesn't move and it looks like yeah, it's a bit of a funky color but it looks like yeah that could just be a a picture of just a snapshot of time but when you're then told that no 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 that's
2: like this took over Yeah. yeah yeah
1: exactly that's two years yeah. um that's an incredible thought yeah. in my head and i had some of those in my exhibition that i mentioned earlier i had um two three four maybe half a dozen of those pictures up and everyone was like oh they're they're kind of they're kind of interesting like they're really pretty colors and what's that weird thing in, like what's that weird line in the sky like, oh that's the sun what do you mean it's the sun where's well, the sun that's what the sun looks like if you stretch it out
2: <gasps>
1: what yeah and it's... and that look on someone's face and you go yes that's what I thought when I first discovered it as well. Yeah, And it's, yeah, it's time. I have a thing about time and time passing mm-hmm. and time passed as well. So, yeah.
0: That's well, I mean, what I'm looking at. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, as photographers, we we have this sort of,
2: <laughs>
0: you know, very sort of, you know, intuitive relationship when it comes to time because, you know, photography is all about preserving um, mm-hmm. you know where you are in space and time or where your subject is in space and time and and you know typically not you know without you know um like okay. a pinhole type of approach it's literally an instant it's yes. less than a second but yeah. then, you know you do that with with pinhole and you can you know it's like you're recording history so it's
2: uh yeah, uh, yeah.
0: As, as it as it happened as opposed to just you know a, a moment frozen that's yeah. really that's really cool i i dig that man that's uh that's a really amazing perspective. I like that. Now we get <laughs> we get really philosophical and uh, smoke some joints and do some acid or something and talk for the next six hours about. this. <laughs> yeah. I think it was it was part.
1: Of it. So I mentioned my 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 tutor James. Um, he he showed me. I can't remember the name of the book now. I'll have to ping it to you later. Hmm. Um, but he showed me this this article in a book and it was talking about. Within like photography there was a photograph of a waterfall. I mean you've all seen it, like the long exposure mm-hmm. photograph of a waterfall. Yep. And the and the article was saying that there's no let me get this trying to get this right. There's no such thing as a photograph of a waterfall because a photograph of a waterfall can't exist. What you've actually got is a photograph of water in two places, in more places than one. So there's no such thing as a waterfall. What you're actually capturing is the, the passing of time. That yeah makes sense.
0: that yeah. makes a lot of sense
1: and <laughs> when i sort of saw that and i was like you're fucking with my mind here <laughs> but i can see exactly what you're saying and yeah. and yeah then so that was applied i realized that well that theory and theory can apply to anything that moves and yeah. you're yeah. always capturing it moving from point a to point b and, <laughs> excuse me sorry <clears throat> covid's kicking in no um, there you go <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was, that was what I'd done like, a lot of my, my, um, my master's work about was before the railway project, I was basically sticking my pinhole camera on anything that moved and photographing it moving and it moving through time and space. And then it gets all hi and I switch off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this yeah, is, that, this,
0: but that's this, really, I mean, it's, that's, you know, like you really do have to take a step back and think about your work, um, regardless if you're a professional or you're just a hobbyist, or you you know you just picked up a point-and-shoot digital camera last week. Mm. You know it, it's important to uh, to think about you know what this all means. Like you know it, it helps you take better photographs. I think when when you understand what's behind something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree.
0: Well, that's uh that's amazing man i uh, thank you for that that's uh i'm i'm gonna steal that from now on next, <laughs> next uh next paid lecture i give which will be never um i don't think i'm gonna use that but uh, so you're yeah you're gonna
1: have you're gonna have to go and shoot some pinhole now
0: i i have shot pinhole um i've only done it once uh for world pinhole day uh the year before last was the first time i ever did it and i i loved it i loved the images yeah. that uh that came out i i I don't have any real special pinhole equipment i um i just bought one of those um uh pinhole adapters and put it on my uh, pentax uh six seven Mm. and um and i could actually see the image in the viewfinder which was surprising like you know very faintly so i was able to compose it really well um and yeah i you know just it just everything kind of worked out. I love the look of the images and the movement. And I shot a lot of stuff around um, uh, Lake Ontario here, which is one of the great lakes Um, and the movement of the water and, and just kind of, you know, everything happening and just, you know, it just, it seemed very fluid and which kind of, you know, I didn't realize until, you know, we just had this conversation what that fluidity in the image really, you know, what, what, what was behind it and what it really meant. So um, I will definitely get out there and shoot more pinhole. I oh, may, i'll
1: may. i hold you to that
0: you definitely i may even invest in a pinhole camera now because now you've sparked my interest in that, that <laughs> uh, that's, that's really cool um all right let's switch let's switch gears up a little bit here i want to just take a few minutes and uh tell us a little bit about soot and whitewash uh which is your podcast of course and mm-hmm. um i i was listening to a few episodes the other day you know in preparation for this because um you know i'm a procrastinator and uh but, you know, I got it. I got to admit, since COVID-19, uh, I have probably, aside from your podcast, um, I haven't listened to any other podcasts, oh, no. uh,
2: Thanks.
0: including <laughs> including my own, <laughs> our own, I suppose. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's just, you know, like when you're when you're not driving and and the commute and that sort of thing. So um, so what do you what's the kind of overall message of certain and Whitewash? Uh, Give us a little sort of history and your perspective on it.
1: Oh, there's there's you've listened, man. You know there's no overall message. <laughs> so when it when it started it, it's it talking
0: was, into a box. There you go. <laughs>
1: when it when it started, it was it was it was just a, a way to talk to talk through ideas and do like the odd sort of camera review or something like that. And it was just it was a way for me to talk about photography and become a bit more sort of comfortable talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I sort of turned, I turned it into a podcast because I was like, well, someone might, someone might want to listen to this. I don't know. Um, (laughs) If, if nothing else, it's, it's stored as like audio files on anchor somewhere so that I can Mm -hmm. retrieve them later. And it kind of, it went on for a while just with me waffling on about i can't even remember what was in the early episodes i really can't and yeah. don't anyone go back and listen to them to remind me because i don't care um so yeah it was yeah it was just it was all over the shop i was talking about cameras i was talking about bits of kit i had um like how like how to i think i had done like how to process black and white how i process color um as i found out sort of new things i'd sort of talk about them so i think the first time i'd done uh, like low temperature c41 Processing. I sort of spoke about that in there, mm-hmm. um, and sort of why you might use that. I think I had a roll of. they have a roll of. I think I had a roll of E five or E four.
0: Oh, E four, yeah. well. Wow.
1: Maybe E four film um, mm-hmm. that I've been gifted, and I had a couple of rolls, and I developed one in black and white, and I spoke about that, and then I developed one in low temperature C forty one. So I think it was room temperature C forty one, Maybe slightly uh, slightly above that, maybe, and. So I spoke about how to do that, and that came out really well. Incidentally, if anyone yeah. has any like old E4 film, it does. Yeah. Well, presumably, depending on how it's been stored, this worked really well with low temps e one Anyway, um, so yeah, it was just about what I was doing at the time, and like if something cool came out in the news, then I talk about that. And then I kind of I stopped doing that because I realised there's a lot of film photography podcasts that are bigger than mine, and everyone's getting their news already. They don't need me saying the same things about the new yeah. polaroid camera or what have you yeah so yeah. i then when it goes back to i think to um my my master's degree again i started recording sections like as and when i was out and about taking photographs
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so i before i went or maybe when i arrived where i was going i sort of talking to the recorder like this is what i'm going to do this is mm-hmm. where i am this is what I intend to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, so as something happened, I kind of, I kind of use it as a, almost like a, a diary, I suppose, if yeah. I write, like an audio diary, so that I kind of remembered
2: mm-hmm.
1: what I was doing and why I was doing and where I'd been and if there was something that I needed to remember that I, like I remember a couple of times that like, I, I had, I was making a photograph, I was making a pinhole photograph, and I was literally like shin deep in a river and I needed to As something I was, I was I'll tell you exactly what it was I was photographing the remains of a, a bridge from this old railway line <clears throat> and to get because the pinhole camera I was using was so wide-angled I had to get really close to it which meant being sort of shin deep or was knee deep in this river which meant that my camera bag was safely on the side and when I wanted to remember something something popped into my head and I was like Shit, I need to remember that I better record that. because my phone is sitting on the bank my little notebook that's in my camera bag is on the bank and i'm going to forget that so all little things like that so i'd record what i needed to know and then piece them all together and i was like well yeah i'll just release this as an episode and that kind of that kind of got a good response
0: yeah i i gotta admit i that's what i like about um about Mm -hmm. listening to your podcast is that it's very experiential right so um you know like for me personally i'm not learning you know I'm at that stage where I've, I've forgotten more than I can learn in the next uh, five years about film photography. But um, mm-hmm. uh, listening to someone else's experience, I find, mm-hmm. you know, that, that for me is that that's what I'm looking for um, in a podcast. So I really dig the way that you do that. And you kind of um, what I really like about your approach is that you um, uh, you, you, you kind of record little segments as you go along and then you kind of put them together into an episode. Yeah. And, and that, that's really cool because like, I don't, you know, I can, I can go on the internet and find 50,000 differing opinions on the same camera. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm slagging my own podcast now, but, um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what someone else thinks about a camera. It matters what you yeah. think about a camera. I'd much rather hear about your experience as a photographer, because that for me is, that's where I'm at in, in. in in the stage of photography and for others you know they're learning about this whole world of film photography and these vintage cameras and what's kind of coming out new and 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 you know they're interested in new films and that sort of thing which is really cool but Mm -hmm. I really like I'd rather hear about someone's own personal experience you know and it's really cool that you're recording it as you're doing it it's not like you know you're going back and hey you know five years ago i went i shot this and then this is what happened and you know like well yeah. no who cares like i want to you know real life because at the end of the day you're either gonna you're gonna do one of two things you're gonna inspire me to to go and try that or two you're i'm gonna say neil's fucking nuts and <laughs> i'm never doing that you know? so.
1: yeah no i think you're right um i definitely there's um i definitely find it Uh, interesting to listen to other podcasts like that so the one that sticks in mind at the moment is um henry scott's tales from the magic box he does a a very similar yeah yeah yeah, he does he does that really well um and so yeah any so yeah if it's just a like a solo show that's that's what i do i now have um alex um on board um as as a co-host and we every i say every now and again i think 12 weeks went by in between the last the last (laughs) two times we spoke (laughs) because of everything that's going on but we we get on we get on skype and basically if if like the solo shows are me out making photographs i'd like to look at like the shows of me and alex is like two guys in a pub chatting about what we love doing exactly so we i feel that because i understand what you're saying like there's only so many times you want to hear like one dude's opinion on the canon ae1 or why i like ilford film like that's fine And you can, yeah. and you can read about that on, on my blog or in, I exactly. know, I'll probably, I'll probably voice that on the negative positives page or something, yeah. but yeah. then it adds something completely different. Like when, well, at least I think like when Alex and I are talking about it, I'll be like, well, Ilford F FB4 is the greatest motion ever made. And he'll be like, oh, well, is it? Because, yeah. and that sparks a conversation, you know, yeah. and the conversation between two guys is always going to be infinitely more, not just guys, sorry, t- conversation between two people about something that they both love is always going to be more interesting than one guy talking about whatever it is, you know?
0: Exactly. I I completely agree. And, you know, I've, uh, I, I, I've started to kind of tune out to a lot of the uh, film photography podcasts, and I don't really spend too much time on a lot of the pages now. And uh, I, you know, one one of the biggest frustrations for me is that um, uh, people go and they ask questions on these, on these, you know, uh, film photography pages and groups and uh, stuff like that. And, and the people answering this stuff, I'm, you you just, you're wrong. (laughs) And, and, and I'm sitting there going like, listen, pal, you know, and this is me, you know, muttering under my breath, like an old man, as I tell kids to get off my lawn, (laughs) I'm like, look, you've been at this for five minutes. Yeah, Yeah. You know, like you don't know enough to be giving this kind of advice and you're bloody wrong. And it's irresponsible and you're leading people down the wrong path and they're just and you can't blame the people for asking the question no. um you know the, the problem with uh, with the internet and uh, is that uh, uh the minute somebody puts their opinion in writing just because you like that person doesn't make what they're saying correct and no, uh, that,
1: that's why my my facebook friend list is considerably smaller now than it used to be yeah I'm,
0: I'm i'm going through the purge myself you know yeah you know, without going off on a political tangent, I'm telling you, man, times of crisis, you really find out the character or lack thereof yeah. of some people. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it, it's It's heartbreaking a lot of times because you're kind of like, shit, I thought you were a good person, man, or at least I thought we were, I shouldn't <laughs> say good person, that's probably pretty harsh. But, but you know, I just, you know, you think you think that you have like thinking with a lot of people and then you realize that you don't. It's kind of like, yeah. you, you
2: know. Yeah.
0: But uh, right. anyway, that's a whole other podcast, I'm sure.
1: But, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll record that one after this one, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we'll have to get a few plates open, and uh, that'll definitely that'll have the capital E for explicit, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but uh, so let's talk a little bit about um, the, your really cool project, uh, Project Box I know I'm having a lot of fun participating in it, and I've uh, it's inspired me to. Um, uh, acquire a couple new cameras and borrow a few and um, I got a couple yeah. in the hopper but uh, so how, how uh, what inspired uh, Project uh, Box Camera for you? So
1: Project Box Camera really and as boring as it sounds mm-hmm. Project Box Camera stemmed out of me all right okay so I it was when was it It was probably mid-January this year 2020 Um, and I was getting kind of fed up with all of the cameras I had as blasphemous as that may sound like I'd I'd finished my my master's degree last year and that was very much like although I was doing what I wanted to do I had like one thing that I needed to do and there wasn't very much sort of wiggle room for anything else and coming out of that I had like all of the time to be able to do whatever I wanted and weirdly I didn't want to do any of that (laughs) It was all like, you know, it was a really weird place to be in, Mm. having all this time to be able to do what I actually wanted to do photographically.
2: Yeah.
1: And and nothing was really like singing to me. Mm -hmm. And I think rooting through a shelf or a box or something, I came across an old, um, I've got an old Ensign, I've got it right here. Yeah, that Um, was your, was
0: that your grandfather's? was it?
1: No, no, um, no, it's, excuse me. So it's an Ensign Junior Model B, and it was given to me Mm. by a friend, um, a friend of mine. And okay. she she told me that it belonged to either her grandfather or her great grandfather. Ah, okay. She wasn't entirely sure, um, but it was from what I can work out. There's very little written about it online. It sort of dated around sort of the um, 1918, 1920 sort of era. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came across this, and I was like, that could be kind of fun. Like I've only shot like one. I shot one roll of film through it before i think i shot a roll of um really expired shitty xp1 in
2: it
0: (laughs) wow xp1 wow
1: yeah i don't know why i have no idea why i chose that film
0: because you wanted to go through the trouble of c41 black and white prints or (laughs) yeah yeah hey
1: why not i think it was like i don't know anything about this camera i don't know anything about this film it's sitting Mm -hmm. here in the back of the fridge let's just try that go for it and 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 it and it worked i mean it Mm -hmm. it made an image but it was rather light leaky and mm-hmm. the backing paper had bled through onto the paper. Yeah. I
0: think you, you posted that on the, on the, on the group page, I believe. Right? Oh
1: no, no, no. That was the, that was the next one.
0: Oh, that was the next one. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. So <laughs> I, I cleaned it up a little bit and yeah. I sort of looked at it. So if, if listeners don't know the camera, which why would you, it's if you think, if most people think of a box camera, they think of the, a very similar thing. It's like there's sort a of wooden or cardboard, box that's just covered in like the black leverette. You know what I mean? And that's precisely what this is. Um it's shoots one twenty, which is nice. Don't have to roll six twenty. Um and it shoots a big fat six by nine negative, which is really cool. Yeah. It's got your sole settings are bold mode or instant mode. And do you want it in portrait or do you want it in landscape? Those are your settings in it. And it's wonderful. To just have it's just it's a 619 point and shoot, basically, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well yeah.
1: So I took it, I, I cleaned it up a little bit, and I noticed that the back door on it was rather warped, but I was like, ah, that'll be fine. And I stuck a roll of I think FOMO 100 in it, and I shot uh, I didn't actually use it <clears throat> until when was it June? So June's project box camera, and I shot that roll and I developed that, and yeah, it was leaky as hell, but it it proved that after I cleaned up the lens and everything, it it, it did work. Yeah. So I've now, I've now um, I haven't developed the pictures yet. I have had the back door in a vice for quite some time, so now it fits and it doesn't leak anymore, hopefully. Hey, there you go. But, <clears throat> but anyway, this camera was the, I've gone off completely on a tangent there, haven't I? This camera was the, the influence for Project Box Camera, so I was like, I'm going to shoot that. And then after about half an hour, I was like, do I want to shoot that? You know, like, procrastination like do I actually want to bother doing that and I had a conversation with Alex Purcell co-host Alex Purcell and I was like look I've had this idea I want to shoot box cameras for a little while what do you think and he was like it sounds like a great idea I was like do you want to do it with me that'll give me like the kick up the ass to actually do it and that that was like one of the main reasons that I wanted Alex as a co-host so that I could do things like this and he'd kick me up the ass to actually do it he's like yeah yeah let's do it and then I think maybe that later that evening on the next day I was like should we like what do you think about opening this up as a project to other people and he was like yeah why not like everyone likes a good project there's loads of projects going on at the moment let's flood the community with another one <laughs> <laughs> so I think I put it on on the negative positives page and I everyone would be like oh why the fuck? does anyone want to shoot an old box camera yeah and it, there was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be in on that. Yeah, I'll get in on that. Yeah, I'll get in on that. Yeah, count me in, count me in. And before we knew it, I think we had like 20 people. And I was like, that, that'll that do. That's that's plenty. And then we realized yeah. there were a couple of, couple of people that we would like to be in on the project. So we asked them as well. And I was like, there's 22. And then someone else came along, as a 23. And I was like, shit, that's me and Alex as well. That's 25. OK, well, well we're going to call it here. We're going to call it here. Yeah. So, so now, like, obviously, you know, you're in it, like, we shoot a minimum of one roll a month, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, through a different box—not necessarily a different box camera each month. But each month you use a box camera, yeah. And you use it many times, and if you want to flip out the next month, then that's fine. And I think you'll agree, there's been some really cool work, yeah. Done so far, isn't there?
0: And it's—it's it's been really um, like pure work, right? Because like there's no, you know, there's no manipulation and all kinds of stuff and. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, I, again, it's another real, very, very pure form uh, of photography, I think. And uh, um, yeah. let's talk a little bit about uh, what constitutes a box camera. So what qualifies a camera to be considered <laughs> um, legal and uh, approved for project box camera?
1: So originally, because I, I thought about this when people started getting involved, Mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought a box camera is exactly what I described to you earlier. Like this, mm-hmm. this little inside, it's got to be made of wood, like mm-hmm. covered in black leveret. And then yeah. a lot of people joined up and they were like, Oh, can I use, can I use this? And it was mm-hmm. like a, I know, like a Brownie Hawkeye or mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, something along those lines. Like these, these more Baker light ones. And I was like, yeah. well, and I sort of spoke this through with Alex and I was like, D- are they box cameras? And he was like, well, they're a box and they have the same sort of set. They have the same settings, Like a few of them maybe have like maybe like a two or three waterhouse stops for an aperture, mm-hmm. but fundamentally they're all the same, aren't they? Yeah. So we we agreed that, yeah, all these sort of Baker like ones, they're fine. Like these faux TLR ones. We just asked that there wasn't, you, you couldn't set loads of different shutter speeds and loads of different mm-hmm. apertures and, and what have you. Cause I think that kind mm-hmm. of, defeated the point of it it was supposed to be let's make some cool pictures with some very simple cameras which yeah. i think we've kind of we've kind of got that and there's like a decent there's a decent range of of work going on them there's i think most of them are 120 or 620 and i think yep. we've seen some like 127 um box cameras as well um we, there's a there's a definitely one at least one four by five um kodak box camera in there Mm-hmm. We've had one member jamming in stacks into it. We've had someone putting 35 mil through it. There's, it's it's really odd because, like you say, it's the, the box camera, it seems like a very pure way of making photographs. Yeah. But equally, it still leaves you with uh, lots of room for playing with something new. I think one member was also putting like, most making paper negatives with his as well. Um, oh,
0: cool.
1: Yeah. And there's obviously um, Dave Walker and his Robo Brownie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Remember that? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. So he's, yep. he's managed to make he's basically managed to gaffer tape somehow a, um, <laughs> a what an electronic shutter. I, I still don't understand how it works, but yeah. some sort of electronic shutter into his box brownie. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Is that like that LCD thing or whatever? Yeah. So it's. Yeah.
1: And he'll if he hears this, he'll blatantly get on <laughs> me later. But from what i understand it it's two LC, lcd or led two two panels that begin mm-hmm. with l and have three letters yeah um, but <laughs> when they're when they're electronically charged they're black they're black and yeah. or, or they're or, who, really
0: they're, or as or black as they'll get anyway
1: yeah because that's yeah. why he has i think two of them because one is completely light type or something like that so basically yeah. yeah you press the button and it charges or uncharges and they go clear so they work like a shutter, and he's managed to somehow cobble them into hit one of his brownies. Wow! And he he was one of the people that we're, we were both aware of his work, and we were like, if we're having a box camera project, he needs to be oh, part was, because yeah. he's doing something amazing with this.
0: That's uh, I thought I was a nerd, man. That's like uh, levels, <laughs> like that's yeah, that's like that well, guy's may, like may, nerd nerd paradise, man. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: he's a, he's an awesome guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I think. I could be wrong, I think he kind of does electronics for for a living that's what he does
0: so i I would imagine so to have the skill set to put something like that together and yeah you know and then and have the thing switch on and off at uh you know the right shutter speed quote unquote you know so
1: huh. yeah no, there's some cool there's some cool stuff being made um we put it so there's a there's an instagram account which is simply at project box camera yeah. where where I try and post. So I, schedule, I try and schedule a post, at least a post, every day. Um, at the moment, I'm posting pictures of people's cameras. Um, probably next week, I'll go back to posting work that people have made with them. Um, um, but that, I think, is being a little bit neglected over the past couple of days. And there's also, the work goes into a blog, um, which is projectboxcamera.wordpress.com, where each member, like you know, submits one or two yeah uh, final photographs and just a little bit of text about what camera they're using what film they used why they chose this picture what the picture of you know just not a not a lecture just a little yep. bit of this is what i've done this month and yeah so i think we've we've posted all the the may submissions i think and so we've be posting the june ones fairly soon. yeah
0: very cool i have you uh, has this forced you to forced you has this inspired you to purchase any new box cameras since starting out the project? No,
1: no, it actually hasn't. There's oh, been some really? There's some members that have gone freaking nuts um, and bought loads of them. <laughs> Real I, film but
0: photographers? Yeah, I don't acquisition know. Position syndrome? What is this it's mysterious thing It's freaking weird, talking? isn't it? I don't yeah. understand. Me,
1: me personally, because, and I think the main reason for this, one, I haven't got any money, and two, because... Because Alex and I allowed all these different variations in what is a box camera. Yeah. I've got enough cameras that have seen me through so far. So, I personally have used like my Ensign uh, Model B. Yeah. I think I've used my I'm trying desperately to crane my neck and look into the other room on the shelf. Um, my Ensign Full View Kodak Brownie 620, um, my Helena Prefect, and oh, wow. just looking on the shelf, I can still see. Um I don't know what that is, It's some sort of Kodak brownie faux TLR thing. Um there's definitely a, a duoflex around there somewhere. So I've still got a couple of months worth before I even start repeating cameras, I think.
0: Oh, that's really good. Yeah. But
1: probably after that. I mean I'm not gonna lie. If you look on my my eBay, like the my eBay tab, there are a few box cameras in there, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah.
0: Some some but, watching, <laughs> some some Carefully resting inside your shopping cart, there.
1: Look, yeah, yeah, you no, know, you know the ones.
0: I've never done that before. No, of course. <laughs> I,
1: I'm, I'm still trying to convince my wife on a, a much bigger, different related camera purchase, so uh, I can't, I can't have too many new parcels arrive today because she'll start to question. You yes, know what and, I mean?
0: Uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, my friend. I mean,
1: I almost got on a side note. I almost got completely rumbled today. I ordered, um, so I ordered something at the weekend, uh, yeah. like something legit. I'd all I ordered was uh, like a binder for my negative sleeves. Yeah. And I'd ordered, um, what are they called? Have you seen those um, for in the darkroom? Like a little acetate disc with like various little triangles of.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. An exposure. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, a
1: projection um, scale. Projection I scale. Yes. Yeah. So I'd ordered one of those. And this binder, and I think a roll of film that I wanted to try, and an enlarger for my uh, enlarger, <laughs> a, a light bulb for my enlarger, right? That's well, an enlarger might be
0: hard to sneak by, but
1: uh, no, no, yeah. no. Oh, believe me, I'd try it. I'd ordered a light bulb because I was yeah. having shitty results out of my enlarger, and I realized that it's not an enlarger bulb in there, and I think it's low powered, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought an enlarger light bulb. Yeah. this Those four things showed up in a box that I'm not joking was probably three foot long by two foot wide and a foot deep. So I got (laughs) home from work, and she was like,
0: What What the the hell is this?
1: And I was like, I don't know. And then I picked it up, and I was like, this doesn't weigh anything. And I realized what it was. It's it's these few things. I was like, (laughs) why would this company send me this stuff in such a massive box? (laughs) (laughs) You almost got me killed, guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I got to admit, my wife's a pretty good sport about my Mm. uh, hobby expenditures. So yeah and i i'm into other stupid things like golf and cycling so uh okay yeah no, so I,
1: uh, I, I only really have this um and i'm 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 trying to last night i was trying to convince her that i need um one of steve lloyd's chroma cameras i've been on this for <laughs> so long to her and i've i think i've almost got her around to it uh and yeah. then, this, then this box showed up and i think it undone hours and hours of work
2: Ah, (laughs) (laughs) so anyway
0: that happens well i gotta say i i've i've acquired one new box camera as a result of this and it's the agfa synchro box and i love Uh, this thing it's it's,
1: serious this there's so many people on the box camera on project box camera that are using this camera and it's probably the one camera that i would actually invest in because they're awesome
0: they're, and I owe it to Alex Purcell. He posted yeah. about it, and I was like, "Oh shit, I got to get one of those." The thing has, you know, it's it's got the two aperture settings, and it's got um, a yellow filter mm-hmm. and a bulb setting. And um, you know, one of the things my eyesight's, you know, my nearsightedness or farsightedness is fine, but I'm I'm uh, I can't read things uh, within like 16 inches.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
0: and so I have a lot of trouble, especially with the older box cameras looking through the viewfind, little tiny viewfinder, uh, windows, but this one's actually really good. Really? Yeah. Like, you know, relatively, I mean, but, uh, uh, you know, it's got two tripod sockets, it's got a flash sync. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it is like the king of all box cameras. I, you know,
1: see, it sounds like, um, cause I've seen Alex's and I've seen, uh, maybe I've seen your one. I've seen several of them. And it looks to have all the same sort of features as my um, my Brownie 620, but it looks really cool as well. That yeah. front plate on it looks amazing, doesn't yep. it? It's just
0: uh, it, it's just a a very well refined Brownie. Yeah. You know, full, full metal construction, um, like the the like the, the, the film carrier and like the house, like the housing piece that's inside mm-hmm. is is very sturdy. Um, it's not tinny like what you would find in an older Brownie. And, um, you know, it works, works really good. The only sort of beef I have with mine is that the back cover, there's a, like, there's a little, um uh, spring loaded sort of detent in the back yeah, that holds yeah. it shut. And, um, I had to just, uh, I didn't realize that I guess, you know, just given the age and the use of mine, um, I, I had to like bend it up a little bit because it was mm-hmm. a little bit loose and, uh, um, I had it, you know, slightly pop o- open on me a couple of times, but I basically pushed it up with my finger and now it's solid and it's a it's a great great little camera i think i got (laughs) mine for less than 50 bucks canadian so probably about probably about 30 quid i'd say yeah yeah and uh
1: yeah sorry are they uh they're a six by nine presumably they're
0: six six by nine yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: and they've got
1: the i think a lot of box cameras were weren't they
0: yeah yeah like all most of the like the the brownies the uh the hawkeye specials and number twos they were all six by nines right um i have uh an older one that's the first one i used um uh and uh you know for a camera that's you know over let's probably about 110 years old now um works great
1: yeah but there's you so know? little there really that can go wrong with them isn't yeah
0: there? exactly you know and uh um, I love it. I, I have a new one that I borrowed. Well, it's, I didn't buy it. I borrowed it off uh, Alex Lutz, who that guy. Man, mm-hmm. he, he's got horseshoes. People give that guy cameras for like no reason. <laughs> uh, what the hell, man? He got That's a right. Ro- he got a Rolleiflex 2.8 f for 300 bucks. What? Yeah, some old guy from his church, I think, sold it to him jesus christ that, that bugger every time it's like hey, listen man like you were you know you just tell me where the cameras are you can't come with me but <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> I, I see i used i used to be that same dude but that has dried up long ago <laughs> uh, I, I, I used to be the guy that would go to like sunday morning car boot sales and you know i'd find a Mewtwo 2 for 50 pence wow I, I've, I've got 2 Mewtwo's mu2s and one of them i paid 50 pence for one of them i paid four pounds for Good God! I've got so so many. Uh, I've got um, sitting on the side there. I've got a Leica Mini too. You know, the little um, point and shoot. Yeah. I,
2: yeah.
1: I paid three pounds. Three Holy pounds for that. Z- wow, like, that, that's amazing. That, this was this was, It doesn't happen to me anymore. Like, mm-hmm. you, uh, like charity shops around, like in the UK at least. Uh, you don't get cameras in charity shops now. They've wised up to the fact that yeah. some of them are worth money. like so they charge that money on just about everything that you'll find so you're now going there and find a the lowest of the low-end cannon point and shoes and they want a tenner for it or something you're like
2: yeah
1: no you you, i get we are trying to make money for a charity but come on you're not gonna i'm not gonna pay you for that
0: no and it's still got to have some value right like it's got to be good for both parties right so
1: yeah sure just doesn't uh,
0: happen yeah no, for sure. But uh, well, hey, at least you had a period of time where you did get lucky with some nice cameras. But uh, yeah. yeah. So Alex lent me this one. This one, I'll send you a photo of it. It's going to be pushing the box camera envelope, <laughs> but because uh, it doesn't Go look on. like a box camera, it looks like a little SLR. It looks like a Diana or a, or a Holga. More so, looks like a Diana. But right. uh, what, yeah, what it, is it? It's it's an Agfa Isoli. Oh yeah. Yeah. So
1: and I. Just, and I just, I know, an I, I, or an Isoli? I oh,
0: okay. I, Isoly. I S O L Y. It's a 120 um, camera. Shoots uh, square, and um, yeah, it looks like a little SLR, but you know, has a one fixed plastic lens, um, three aperture settings. No, well, they're not aperture, but you know, uh, and one shutter speed.
1: Sounds sounds like it fits so- the bill.
0: Sounds like a sounds <laughs> like a box camera. Looks like a Diana. Yep
1: i'll tell i'll tell you what if we'll 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 judge on whether it's allowed on how good the pictures are there you go (laughs) well i I won't tell you which way it goes (laughs) yeah
0: well the pictures aren't going to be very good i'll tell you that But, (laughs) but it's it's a start so uh so you know in terms of the project like what's it like running one of these projects so you know other than you know obviously it does take some time commitment but uh any, any particular challenges? Would you advise someone to, to, to set up a project like this on Facebook or just steer clear? Will you do another one, I guess, is my big question. Um,
1: I'll do another one. Um, whether it will be like a continuation of, of Project Box Camera, I'm not sure. A, lot, um, a few people have expressed um, an interest in like toy camera or mm-hmm. to other sort of things like that. I think the idea of a, a TLR one was floated around until Dan posted his one yeah fine um so i have already i'm not going to go into what they are but i have already pre reserved several project yeah insert thing here uh, cool type domain names but it's it's fun i'm not gonna lie it's a lot of work to keep mm-hmm. track of
0: well especially like on. you went and set up the, the the blog and everything like i mean that must mm-hmm. that must take some fairly serious commitment i would think
1: it it's yeah it does if i'm honest um it's fine as long as if I've got everything that I need, then if I've got like everyone's picture and then a little bit of text and a picture of a camera, then that's fine. I can sort of rattle through because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's just, I need to upload the pictures that you guys upload the picture to where we upload them. I have to then just download them to my computer and upload them to WordPress. Yeah. Everything else is just sort of copy paste what -hmm. you guys have written and just check it for any massive spelling errors or something. Yeah. And then, uh, which I t- uh, uh, and then i'll just schedule it for i don't know whatever day it needs to go so if you've got a few i tend to find if i come in from work and i've got a couple of hours i can just schedule the post for like i don't know a good couple of weeks or so right. and that's fine if you have to like chase stuff sometimes it's a bit you know like if i if i have to chase like i don't know
0: Oh yeah, I've fallen. James into, James, I, I've,
1: James, I've, James Lee, that bastard hasn't uploaded his. He's uploaded me a picture of a camera, but I don't know what he shot with it, and he hasn't written anything about it, so I'm gonna have to get <laughs> onto him. Like you know, well, it, it can take I, a little while.
0: I but. usually fall into the category: "Is where's your shit, man? <laughs> you haven't uploaded anything, it, you know."
1: <laughs> but it's, it's fine. I I understand. Like it's April I'm
0: 30th, busy. and where's your February stuff? <laughs>
1: I'm look. I'm really busy. I understand everybody is really busy, and I don't expect. Like some people have missed, have missed a month, and that's fine. Like I don't, I don't. I know I'm not going yeah. to come chasing you down as like, your your goddamn March pictures aren't here. Where are they? Like, it's, there's, there's no fun in that, and that's, yeah. that's not what people signed up for. But if I know someone has shot it, and I'm and like, like, you haven't uploaded it, I need it. Just send it over, James. Come on, what are you playing at?
0: Yeah,
1: it's it's fine. It's all good. I haven't had any crosswords of it. Oh, that's
0: that's good.
1: No, yeah. no one's been booted off for
0: anything yet. So. <laughs> No, no no, oddball political statements and stuff like that on the page, which is a good thing. So Not,
1: uh, not quite yet. Although, like I say, I don't entirely proofread everything that people have yeah. put in, in their thing. So I may have uploaded stuff that, I don't know, I, I should probably go back and check now that I've said that. It's all good. And if anyone's yeah. got an idea for like a project that they want to do, then absolutely like, put it out there. Mm-hmm. And if people want to get involved, they'll get involved. I would just say, as a small piece of advice, think about how much time you yourself can dedicate to it and let that reflect how many people you, you have involved.
0: Yeah, very more,
1: cool. Obviously, the more people involved, the more work it's going to be. So if you've got the time and you want to do something, then you'll – or if you really want to do something, maybe you'll find the time.
0: Yeah, or, I mean, I mean, hey, you can you can also team up with some people too. I know I guess Alex, yeah. and, Alex and yourself are uh, – yeah. are working together on on project box camera which is really cool so yeah yeah um i was listening to one of your i think the episode um your white whale episode uh, the other day and um mm-hmm. you mentioned uh Caffinol, and caffeineol like is a developer i personally have never used and have no experience with it whatsoever so i didn't even realize that there's uh um like different formulations and that sort of thing. How did you get into Caffanol? And like, do you like it? Like, would you, uh, so I'm, I'm a total noob when it comes to Caffanol. How would I go out mixing up a batch of, uh, of Caffanol?
1: So, right, how did I get into Caffanol? Caffanol I got into because, again, when I was doing a lot of research for my master's degree, um, I was aware of this thing called Caffanol. And I always quite like the idea that you could make a developer in theory out of stuff you've got laying around at home um but I was doing some research about um like environmental impact of stuff of products that I was using within my work and it sort of struck me that maybe I should try and do something to bring down that environmental impact because uh obviously I i can't get into figures because i can't remember but obviously you start you wash a lot of Rodinol down the drain or a lot of hu 110 down the drain that's not going to have a good no impact in the long run
2: yeah
1: um but caffeinol, maybe it's sort all of reason to me like well that's made up of
0: yeah. um,
1: stuff that is generally fine for human consumption so
0: basically orange fun. orange juice and baking soda right
1: yeah something like that yeah yeah um, <laughs> so it, it, that was that was kind of how i started it and i yeah. and i was like well, I'm going to give it a go because it's it's potentially a, a good thing for not necessarily a good thing, but a better thing for the environment. Mm-hmm. So I sort of looked into it. There's a great publication that's available online called the Caffanol Cookbook, which okay. is free, which is a free PDF that you can you can download. Um, and I think it's fairly fairly massive, like uh, like 40, 50 pages of PDF of people talking about different aspects to it, but it has several, let me three or four of the key recipes in there. So, like you say, there's lots of different variants. So, like I think like hg 110 you have like your dilution A, dilution B, blah 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 blah. You kind of have a similar thing with caffeineol. So from memory, you have caffeineol H and M are like two main ones, or you have CL, which okay. is the the one I use. CL right. I don't know what it stands for, but it's the stand the stand developed version.
2: Okay.
1: yeah so i i use it now for most of my 120 black and white film because it i can't even really describe it it seems to add something to the grain and the tones that i really like but i can't be any more specific than that i don't know what it is that i like about it does that make sense you probably yeah. are you probably asked me the wrong person to talk about because <laughs> i know i like it but i don't know why i like it
0: well hey as long as you like it that's all that matters but uh, yeah. it sounds like it's pretty straightforward to
1: it's it's really straightforward it, yeah. i mean i i literally use the because they always say the cheaper the coffee the better the result so i was mm-hmm. like fine mm-hmm. i like cheap because like i said earlier I have no money mm-hmm. yeah. so i go to the, the local tesco and i'll buy like a, a just a small jar uh, I think it's like seventy pence or something like that, and from that I can, I think I can mix four liters of caffeinol out of that wow. little jar, which is good. And um, so then you have that. You need vitamin C, um, which you can get in a lot of like health food,
0: health food stores, health yeah.
1: food stores so as a sort of food supplement.
0: Um,
1: I buy mine off of Amazon again as like a food supplement. Mm-hmm. Um, you need. Um, I use. So the other, so you have washing soda in there as well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but on your side of the pond, I, from what I understand, you can go into a store and you can buy like Arm and Hammer washing soda. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the yep. hell you use it for, but you we can't. we
0: uh, we call it baking soda in North America, so it's used for cooking. It's sodium bicarbonate, right? So it's
1: uh, right. So this is this this is the bit I don't understand. Yeah. So you, you, in the UK and listeners please correct me if i'm wrong with this because it'll save me a lot of money and a lot of boar but you can't really find like Arm and hammer um washing soda i think washing soda and baking soda are slightly different
0: oh okay, okay. so i is think it, we can but is it is the chemical that they are looking for in the recipe sodium bicarbonate
1: um yeah that sounds right
0: yeah that's that's baking, baking soda for us here that's all that is
1: yeah or is it just sodium carbonate
0: Unless uh, – sodium carbonate, might, maybe that's washing soda and baking I think it's soda.
1: So, it's sodium carbonate. I'm sure it's sodium ah, okay. carbonate. Okay, so
0: then, then that's not Arm & Hammer then. Arm and Hammer. Arm & Hammer, Arm and Hammer is, at least in North America, is sodium bicarbonate. So I guess it has an extra molecule of carbon without getting overly nerdy. but um,
1: this, this is too nerdy for me. And for me yeah. to confirm it would involve me unplugging my headphones and going over to the corner of the kitchen car with my car. <laughs> anyway, so I – I go to a photographic supply company and I buy this sodium carbonate or bicarbonate or whichever one it is. Now. Whatever
0: it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I buy it for photographic purposes. So it's the right stuff um, because the stuff that you can buy off the shelf here in the UK is not quite what you want. OK. Yeah.
0: So it sounds like it's carbonate then.
1: Yeah, I think it is carbonate. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm, just, it- I'm just gonna, I'm just going to I'm going to have to go and look now because this this is just ridiculous. Bear with me.
0: Okay. <laughs> did you hear that big crash? I did hear the big crash.
1: So it's sodium carbonate, not bicarbonate. Okay. Carbonate, All right? For photographic use only. So oh. yeah, I, I buy that from a. There's a a place not too far away mm-hmm. um called wet plate supplies and they sell oh. like sort of um oh yeah wet plate supplies oh. and other different alternate process chemicals so i buy it directly from them because i know i have the right stuff well, and okay. then i think you, you can use the um some potassium bromide as well which i buy from the same place which yep. apparently like retards fogging in it
2: okay
1: and then it's simple that you you mix up the you mix it up in the quantities that the cookbook says about and I literally leave it for a couple of seconds, throw it in the developing tank, and I leave it for 60 minutes. Then that's it. Wash okay. it with some water and then fix it as normal.
0: All right. My next uh, role for Project Box Camera will be souped in cap'nol.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. good. And it also, as well, um, it provides, not provide, it, it stains the, you know, how pyro. Yeah yeah it's negative. like a fire
0: cat like a staining developer
1: yeah you get yeah. you get like a brown sort of tinge to, yep. the, to the negative as well which which i kind of like so quite often i'll scan my negatives in that i'll scan i always scan my legs my black and white negatives as color oh do you because yeah. because i rightly or wrongly find that i get a better result that way but when i do that with these then they come out this sort of nice sort of sepia brown yeah and i quite yeah. often just do it like that rather than converting it to black and white
0: I scan mine in color as well too, without going off on that tangent. But I, I just dial my saturation down to zero on the scanning software. I right. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's that's for another episode. Good God, but uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, and then I, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I really like um, staining developers, and I use a lot of PyroCAD HD. Um, Especially right. a lot for my uh, large format uh, work as well, too. And or if I have really, really high contrast scenes that I've been shooting, um, you know, just to save highlights as much as possible and stuff like that. I find that the staining developers, you just seem to get like an extra stop of dynamic range out of them, which is really good. So, All right. All right, Cool. yeah, that's awesome. All right. Like we're, we're getting close to wrapping up here. So I have one more cerebral question for you. And by the way, I really dug your uh, your public service announcement on the negative positives page offering to uh, 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 develop uh, film and scan for any folks that are having trouble All accessing right. labs and stuff. Well, that's really cool. Good on you, man. That's uh, that's amazing. Well, it just,
1: just seemed like a, a nice thing to do. Incidentally, I didn't have anybody take me up on it. But oh, really? Maybe no, no one likes the way my pictures look. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well hopefully people have stockpiled uh enough uh chemistry i know some folks were were running low and i i see some um uh now that uh uh we're seeing some of the c41 and e6 kits uh being restocked which is a mm-hmm. good sign so that's uh yeah. that's good but um
1: i know we're definitely seeing labs here in the uk sort of open up again for sort of more more normal service so mm-hmm. that's a good
0: thing that's good. So. Um, Here's something we can maybe close off on with a little bit of a sort of positive note. So, you know, with all the stuff, all the crap that's going on in the world, how do you think we as photographers and artists can do something to change that and, and do something good? What would you recommend?
1: Keep, keep photographing. Keep photographing what you what you like to photograph, and don't let all this crap in the world get you down. Yeah, that's I what I think. That's what I'm going to keep doing.
0: I think that's. Super- some as long great as advice. it's safe
1: to do so, and as long as I'm not putting anyone else, like, in sort of jeopardy, I'm going to try and carry on as normal. Like, the well, uh, I, I like to document. I like to document everything that's going on, and I feel that this is a, this is a time that really needs documenting. Don't
0: you think? I completely agree. And yeah. you know, I, I, have been, um, I've gone out a, cu- a couple of times. Um, things are kind of moving back towards quote-unquote normal here now so it's not quite as easy to do but um you know earlier on uh just getting out there and photographing the empty streets and i did something for the the project box camera and mm-hmm. um i think that was maybe my april uh, submission i just went around like all the all the kids playgrounds were dead they were just yeah. deserted and yeah, yeah. uh I, you know we, we got to remember uh, you know what happened with this uh, and and how it changed the world and the way we see things because um, uh, we need to be you know this will happen again or something similar will happen again um, you know hopefully not in my lifetime but probably in my kids lifetime it will mm-hmm. um, you know but we got to remember um, how to work work through it and uh, and stay positive and uh, you know still find the beauty in everyday things and that's you know for me I think a lot of uh that's what photography is really uh about is just you know capturing beauty and everyday experience yeah
1: no you're absolutely right for sure
0: yeah man well listen hey thank you so much neil for uh this conversation um really yeah. appreciate it and i'm sure our listeners will uh, will love uh hearing from you and uh you know as part of the ccr tradition um we're going to uh, close off with one of our famous uh, taglines so hopefully you've been uh, preparing something very witty and, uh, and uh, possibly risque um, so go for it
1: absolutely not But this is Neil Piper and if there's nothing in your box you're missing out on lots of fun <laughs>
0: uh, this, this is James Lee and uh, keep your box uh, light tight and uh, get out there and get it in your hands and start shooting it <laughs> thanks so much, Neil, and uh, thanks everyone for, uh, for listening.